Let me know if this sounds like you. You're a teacher who's at their wits end, burned out, or maybe you're just stressed to the max. You want to get on the road to burnout recovery, but you don't know what to do, how to get there, or if it's even possible. I hear you and I want to help, but we didn't get into burnout on the same path. So why should recovery be any different? That's why I wanted to share with you a brand new free resource that I have on my website. It's called the Personalized Roadmap to Teacher Burnout Recovery. In this quick, less than five minute quiz, you'll answer questions that will help identify your needs, your strengths, and your weaknesses. Once you've completed it, you will have access to the personalized roadmap to burnout recovery that's going to give you your next best steps to take on your recovery journey, packed with resources and support along the way. Head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash quiz or head over to the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to see your action steps along the way. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, hey, you're listening to episode nine of the Resilient Teacher Podcast. There are certain stages in life in our career that are more apt to be full of stress, and back-to-school season is definitely one of those. We're going from sleeping in, if we're lucky and we don't have little youngsters that wake up at the crack of dawn, to setting an alarm. We go from easy breezy mornings of getting ready as slowly as we want to and easing into our days to beating morning traffic, dropping off kids, rushing around in our classrooms to set up for our days. It's a shock, but there are four ways that we can make back-to-school season stress-free or at least a little less stressful, and that's exactly what I'm sharing with you today in this episode, so let's get into it. Hey there, and welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, the podcast giving overwhelmed and burned out teachers inspiration, sustainable strategies, and reigniting passion for teaching. I'm Brittany, a special education teacher and teacher resilience and retention strategist, and I am on a mission to inspire educators to prioritize their mental health and individualize their self-care routines so that they can live a balanced, fulfilling life as an educator while making a bigger impact in their classrooms and communities. Each week, I'll be sharing tips, strategies, mindset shifts, and discussing hot topics in teacher resilience with other knowledgeable experts so that you can ditch the overwhelm, prevent burnout, and create the life you've been dreaming about. So let's get started, and let me remind you that you too are a resilient teacher. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to give a little shout out to Alana Fielding, who left a five-star review on Apple Podcast. She says, it's good to hear a realistic yet also hopeful description of the challenges that come with teaching. I'm on my journey to heal from burnout after a traumatic first year. A lot of what was talked about here resonated with me. I'm ready to start taking care of myself in this career, and I'm excited to hear more from this podcast. Alana, the trauma that so many teachers have dealt with is so heavy, but as a first-year teacher, I applaud you for reaching out for resources, and especially this podcast, to help you prioritize yourself and recover from burnout. You've got this. I love reading the reviews that you guys leave, so if you found this podcast helpful, leave it a review, share it with a friend, post and tag me on your Instagram stories so I can chat with you, remind you that you've got this, and shout you out. Seriously, I love connecting with you guys. But also, when you do those things, it really helps me to reach other burned out teachers and help them find this podcast and support them as well. I think this episode is really one of those helpful episodes for teachers like Alana, who had a very traumatic and stressful first year or a couple of years of teaching, or for that veteran teacher who's like, what the actual crap is these last couple of years of teaching? And how can I make this year less stressful? 
Back to school season is one of those hustle bustle types of seasons in teaching. The truth is, going back to work after having a summer off is sort of a shock to our nervous system. We go from doing our own thing, taking a much needed break, and right back into the environment that's like, go, 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 go. And if you listen to episode four, when I talked about the must-have methods for teachers to end the stress cycle, a lot of that still applies. Because sometimes, if we left a particular place in the stress cycle, Our brain, which is always looking for patterns to keep us safe, automatically says, hey, I remember this, and sends our nervous system into fight or flight. So you're not overreacting when you're nervous or feeling stressed about the new school year. That's a physiological, psychological response. However, there are four ways that we can really combat this and reduce the stress to make this back-to-school season as stress-free as we can. The first way that we can really work to reduce that stress is by planning. I was a Girl Scout, and the motto I can remember is be prepared. I know because my mom like ingrained that into my subconscious, but there are lots of ways that we can plan to reduce stress. The Unicorn Educator on TikTok recently posted this video that I was like, yes, this is the type of planning that could really combat those little bits of stress that can accumulate over time. She posted her three weeks worth of outfits for the first couple weeks of school. Even when we can't plan everything, reducing our decision fatigue those first couple weeks is super helpful in reducing stress. So planning outfits makes our mornings that we were struggling to get back into the routine with one less thing that we have to figure out. We can just put it on and work on beginning those better morning habits. Setting our coffee maker on a timer, meal planning for the week on Saturdays or Sundays, anything we can really reduce additional stress, decision fatigue, those are the things we can prioritize and plan ahead of time. Obviously, planning the first week of school is one of those duh things we want to do. And I've heard so many teachers over the last couple of years say they're losing planning time during their school days. I will definitely share some ways that we can combat this in a future episode, but I will say I push for teachers to advocate for themselves, telling their administrators when they don't have the time to plan and really pushing for what they need when it comes to planning time. So planning school activities, lessons, those sorts of things in advance really supports reducing the stress of the actual school week. When we plan in advance for things we already know we're going to have to do, like put on clothes, make food, teach a lesson, scheduling these things can help thwart the stress before it happens. It's a cognitive process called proactive coping. Studies show that those who engaged in proactive coping, meaning their thinking was future-oriented, and they anticipated and made plans for how to handle those potential hardships, were less reactive to stress. Planning is really a powerful form of proactive coping. Scheduling future events, that's just an acknowledgement that there will be a future and when it arrives, you'll be able to do the things you want to do. We want to choose things that feel like a return to yourself. Like that might mean scheduling a haircut or a manicure or something like that. These can be personalized planning experiences. You can even reap the mental and emotional benefits without putting dates and times on your calendar. So instead, you can just like make a list of activities from the mundane to the bucket list worthy that you want to schedule when things get more predictable. It's enough to acknowledge that the things you're intending to do, that anticipation of something good is really powerful. So having a list that you're committed to doing, even if you don't know when you'll do them, it's pretty self-soothing. The second thing that we can do is 
really do less. And now I know that's sort of counterintuitive. And we as teachers, we don't like that term do less. But it's probably better to say we can action to prioritize what's important. Like there's so many things we don't have to do that we do anyways, because we like it, we enjoy it, or someone somewhere told us that we should. But not everything we do in our career is truly urgent or necessary. We don't have to spend four hours decorating a bulletin board, but we can because we enjoy the creativity of it. With doing less, we are looking at how we can simplify by automating, delegating, eliminating things that don't have to be done. Using this method can really support you in determining what is truly valuable for your students, your school, and you, and what you really need to prioritize. And I know so many teachers struggle with, well, what do I know what to simplify? I want to remind you that I do have a free 10-minute workshop that allows you to action to audit your work-life balance. We take a look at your individual tasks as a teacher because we're each unique individuals, so tasks that we might do might be very different from school to school, district to district, state to state. But we analyze our current tasks and determine which are energizing, which are energy draining, and then I give you a method that you can use to determine what you can simplify by automating, eliminating, and delegating in episode eight. So I'll link both of those in the show notes, or you can just head to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash audit workshop. Again, we want to plan. So using 10 minutes to audit your teacher tasks can really support proactive coping, which I talked about a minute ago. As we learned in episode four, where we discuss how we can end the stress cycle, we need time to unwind. So this kind of goes back to that proactive coping, but during back to school season, we need to have a clear plan for how we will end the stress cycle each day. And there's no way to really plan to never have stress, to never have difficult moments. These are things that are out of our locus of control. However, as we learned in episodes three and four, we need to have methods to end the stress cycle and activate our parasympathetic nervous system. This creates this barrier where our bodies are no longer accumulating the stress over time, keeping us out of reaching those higher and more detrimental stages of burnout. So some ways that we can do that are, again, proactive coping by scheduling times in our work days where we can do, you know, things that we need to do, or after our work days where we can do that physical activity, like walking around our school, our neighborhood, taking a workout class, setting time to listen to a guided meditation or guided breathing activity, scheduling in some time with a friend or our partner. When we schedule these things in our planners, It gives us the sense of obligation and accountability for prioritizing ourselves and our well-being. It's good advice, even if you're not really a planner. The current situation and its stressors are really unpredictable. So if your other tried and true stress relievers are failing, that's kind of normal. Maybe now it's the time to switch it up, how you're coping. If If you haven't really been much of a scheduler, maybe just try making some plans for the future, even if they might change again. I will also add a few links to free resources for adding breath work and short-term planning with Digital Daily Planner in the show notes to help support you in this as well. I am interrupting this episode for a brief moment to answer one of the biggest questions that burned out teachers have, and that's how do I make time for self-care and stop overextending myself to the point of burnout? Here's my favorite answer, authentic boundaries. When you set authentic boundaries around four major areas, you're creating balance to avoid overwhelm, manage your time better, and identify your limits. 
arguably one of the most important factors to sustaining a career in education long-term, boundaries help keep you healthy, happy, and whole. This is a powerful strategy when done intentionally, and I can show you how in my mini course, Beat Burnout with Boundaries. In this workshop, I will teach you my four-step approach to creating, communicating, and sustaining authentic boundaries that will empower you and build you up rather than burn you out. When you join, you'll get access to the course content, the formula for communicating your boundaries without compromising relationships, and a workbook complete with prompts to follow along in your own personal boundary pattern analysis. The best part? You can work through the content in less than a weekend. What are you waiting for? Head to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash boundaries to learn more. Back to the episode. The last thing I want to make sure I add into this stress-free back-to-school season is to give yourself grace and compassion. This isn't just a good piece of advice. There's like science behind it as well. Kristen Neff wrote this book, Self-Compassion, and one study found out that the more self-compassionate versus self-critical that people are, the lower their cortisol levels, the higher their heart rate variability when faced with stressful situations. So in other words, When we can be more self-compassionate, we can give ourselves grace, the calmer we can be. Self-compassion means being gentle, being kind, and understanding with yourself, accepting that you are not perfect, and understanding that there is this potential for learning and growth in every mistake that you make. Practicing forgiveness, gratitude, mindfulness, employing this growth mindset, which we love to instill in our students, are the four most common ways that we can practice self-compassion. And I want to let you know, for the next couple of weeks, I'm going to give you some better motivation and pick-me-ups for your afternoon rides to or from work by adding extra episode each week. So you'll know which ones they are because I'm going to label them pep talks. But in these episodes, I'm going to be super real with you. I'm going to be sharing with you how I'm dealing with these things in real time so you'll know I don't know it all but it will give you this glimpse or example of how I use self-compassion. And so my intention is really just to inspire and motivate the crap out of you. So I'm going to be releasing those on Fridays for the next couple of weeks. So make sure you're following along on your favorite podcasting app so you can be alerted when those new episodes go live. So just to recap, I may have been slightly deceptive in saying stress-free, but there's no way we can really create a stress-free environment outside of ourselves. But we can practice proactive coping by planning, by doing less, by simplifying our workloads and auditing our work-life balance, by creating time to unwind and giving ourselves grace and compassion. Back-to-school season is one of the many busy seasons of teaching, but there are things that we can do to reduce stress. Any new change of circumstances, shock to our nervous system, our brains are wired to keep us safe. But there are things that we can do to relieve that stress, to make it less impactful, and we are resourceful AF, so we can handle whatever is thrown at us. We just need to, as the Girl Scouts say, be prepared. Remember, you've got this. You are a resilient teacher, and I'll see you again Friday for a bonus pep talk episode. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. To keep this conversation going, connect with me on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to remind you that you are a resilient teacher. If you're looking for more support in creating a sustainable, individualized self-care plan to beat burnout, squash stress, and build educator resilience, check out my online membership and course, the Individualized Educare Program at teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash Program. I'll see you next time. 
Before you go, head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash podcast to check out any links, freebies, and resources discussed in this episode so that you can start recovering from or preventing burnout and reigniting your passion for teaching. If you liked this episode and it helped you or made you think in any way, I know it will be for other educators too. So subscribe and leave a review so more educators can find this community as well. Did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the teachers in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to and tag me and post it in your stories. What do you say that we start creating a trail for more teachers around us so that we can start to make the change in the system of education, how teachers are seen and respected, and for ourselves? I look forward to connecting with you more on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to chat more about burnout, resilience, and teacher support. I'll see you in the next episode.